We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Ivy Nation Sports Talk. We're up and rolling. It's mailbag night. Bang the table, everybody. Get your questions in for the mailbag this evening. Be like Salty. Get your questions. Yeah, seriously. He is busy here, as always, getting his uh, pre-show questions in. And starting with this one, on a difficult day such as this, on which there was no earlier Ivy Big Show, is the pressure on you to excel doubled or tripled? Wow. So, like... Not even an option of no pressure at all. Right. <laughs> because I operate no pressure at all. So you were in the no um, pressure zone. It, it doesn't, uh, I think the pressure's on you, Salty, to enjoy it twice as much as you normally would. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> John. John, John says tripled, man. So the expectation, we know John's expectation level, then, <laughs> you know, coming into this. It's man. like, if we got graded at the end of every show on a scale of one to 10, you know, what would it look like? I don't know. You never Oof. know sometimes, you know, Oof. some sometimes are better than others, I guess. Glad to have everybody here. It is mailbag night. So get in your questions. Be like Salty. He uh, he uh, said that uh, he has to give me options for the one question I decide to read deep in the show. Well, you know, wow. most of the time Salty either puts up these questions that that you know are obviously dripping with sarcasm yes. slash you know yes. humor Cure. whatever Cure. it's like am i really supposed does he really expect me to get this in what exactly is he expecting tonight he has flooded the inbox with recruiting questions and Vince and I were just talking right before the show started you know that we're not recruiting guys this is <laughs> you true you know we're not recruiting guys right, right? <laughs> I get all of my recruiting information from Ryan and Brian. Yes. That's, that's where I get my info. Yes. So, you know. Exactly. Exactly. But let's go with a couple Notre Dame related salty questions. He says, at Notre Dame, once a player has a jersey number, does he ever switch to another one? If it becomes available, I'm waiting for the great one to wear number nine again. Or Ooh. GR81. Grady one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... I don't know. Well, I mean, know, it's happened. Like, Chris Tyree, yeah, it happens all the numbers, time. You know, there's plenty of guys. Uh, J- Jadarian Price, you know, didn't he switch a number from his original one? Um, it, it happens all the time. Like, yeah. literally all the time. I I believe I heard 
that uh, Jeremiah Love is switching his number. Um, Xavier Watts, he switched numbers multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. So, yeah, it happens. All the time. And it's a lot of times younger guys have to get saddled with a number that they don't necessarily want because an older guy has their number. And they got to wait for it to come around. It's not like, I mean, I guess it could be here moving forward with like NIL and stuff. And I suppose they could like pay these older guys to give up their number, you know, things like that. But uh, yeah, guys change. I mean, Matt Salerno changed his number just for the bowl game. And then that was it. Because he went from uh, what? 20, whatever he was, 29. 29. To four in the bowl game. And then that was it. I didn't even realize he did that. Yep, he went to four because Tyree was gone. And so four was available for the bowl game. And Chris Sal- or Matt Salerno was number four for the bowl game. So there you go. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. So and, the and answer be- is yes. Yeah. And I believe I believe Bo Collins is going to four now offensively. <clears throat> okay. So there's that info for you. Okay. Salty also asked, there are shuttered whispers in the darkness that a scholarship spot will be awarded to a walk-on. Is it Luke Talich? And if not, why not? I mean, that's the rumor uh, that it is going to be him and that he's going to get a scholarship. And so, um, you know, again, best laid plans by the staff. They know who they want to have scholarships and who they need to jettison and all of those different things. And so that's all we may act surprised or we may actually be surprised at some of the guys that exit the building or whatever. But um, I believe their plan, they, they like Luke Talich a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe the plan has been to get him a scholarship going into his sophomore season. I believe that's always been the plan. And based on anything I've heard, I don't see why that plan would change. Same thing I've heard that, 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 that that's kind of out there. Now, right. some of that is also going to, Gonna have to do with, I guess, what the you know what the roster ends up. Hundred percent. Who leaves? Who stays? Do they bring in any more transfers? All those different kind of things. But because I don't know that they promised Luke that or his family or whatever. But I'd be pretty ticked off if that was the case. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, well, no, we're not going to do that now. Yeah, like that's it's a seventy-five thousand dollar promise right there. Yeah. You know, maybe they could find him. You know, like academic money in the meantime to yeah. help out with that even something. if it's not like a you know technically a football scholarship yeah you know those yeah, something yeah exactly but but yeah you know exact same thing that's that's what i've you know that's what i've heard i i think that it um uh, you know it it's gonna happen yeah and he deserves it he's a good player i mean if you saw him play at practice i mean it kid can pick him up and put him down he hits like a mac truck i mean it's you know another year in the weight room will be good for him, but uh, he's going to be in the mix. I think he's going to be in the mix, especially in 25. Right. God's Thumbs 22, who we have a uh, – maybe I should dig up rapid fire. There were there were two rapid fire questions that came in last week, Vince, after basically our last show of the week because oh, of your okay. illness, my travels. Yeah. We didn't have – you know, and they were kind of dated, so I didn't – I didn't say, oh, I've got to put that on Monday's right. show because they kind of took care of themselves. I think as we're answering this question, I'll bring them up so we can get them in and we will uh, we will address them here in the mailbag tonight. Okay? okay. God's thumbs had one of them. And he reminded me on Twitter, Tommy was asking the other day as well about his. So I'll, I'll, I 
I've got something on both of them. Ooh. So we'll kind of, we'll bring them up here. I like it. But in the meantime, God's Thumbs asks, if Notre Dame got, gets into the playoffs and gets a five seed multiple times a year, they will play a group of five teams. So multiple times, multiple oh, years. multiple years. Okay. Yeah, because obviously you're only going to get a, a seed once in a year. When will all the other stool, schools start complaining that Notre Dame gets it easier because others will be playing Power Five immediately? Everyone the, will complain immediately, right? But <laughs> they won't—they won't have a base. They won't have the leg to stand on when they right. do complain because most. I, I would say that if if it's year in and year out, they're getting the number five seat, which is not going to be the case. But that would be great um, if that happened. Then that means that they're actually better than the five seed. Right, and so they would just be like, "Uh, we should have had the buy." So the fact that we have to play it all is actually yeah. a detriment. They're going to be more deserving of right a higher seed, but they can't get that higher seed right. because of the whole. You know, they can't get a first round buy because they can't be a conference champion as long as they're independent. So. Right. Okay. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the, the the question that God's Thumbs asked was about the whole Texas basketball controversy last week. Did you see that while you were on I your – No idea what you're talking about. Okay, so – Let's go. Texas basketball playing UCF, and some of the UCF players are doing the horns down. Okay. Right? So Texas basketball coach Rodney Terry told them they were classless for doing the horn gesture. He – he berated them in the handshake line for doing the hands-down gesture. Now, he did go back after the fact and apologize, said he overreacted and all that kind of stuff. But basically, I think it's because he drew so much heat yeah. you know, for, for uh, you know, dressing them down for doing the horns down. So what do you think about that for start? Well, I think it's ridiculous because it's just a hand gesture. Um, yeah, and it's not an for, obscene for a hand school, gesture for it's a just, school. I should right. say it's a hand gesture for a school. Like, right? 
Everybody loves solo finger salute. You know, everybody loves the Sam Hartman with the, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. that he's hanging over the railing and doing that. Like he didn't get any crap for that. And as well, he shouldn't. And I think that complaining about that makes you look pretty petty and uh, makes you look pretty pathetic, frankly. Yeah, this is a hand gesture that is exclusive to one school. You know, like they want to do their horns up as their celebration. And I know that like, you know, the horn frogs have their thing, you know, TCU. Yeah, they got their knuckles or something. Yeah, but like if if you are okay doing, you know, your your horns up, then you can't be mad when you lose and people do horns down. I'm sorry. You can you can say that it's disrespectful to you. Maybe it is, but they're mocking you because you want to do yours up all the time. Exactly. You know, and so if you do yours up, they have every right to do theirs down. And, yep. you, you know, no coach should be one. No coach should be dressing down, you know, some other, you know, like Coach K did that kind of garbage all the time. And I had a problem with that. You know, like if Coach K has a problem or if Terry Rodney or Rodney Terry has a problem, talk to the other head coach. And if he wants to address it with his team, he can't. Yeah, but you, exactly. but you shouldn't be you shouldn't be berating players in the handshake line, especially the handshake line is supposed to be sort of the ultimate sign of sportsmanship. You right. Know? So you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry that it's just so petty. Did they win or lose that game? I believe they lost. Well, win the game and you don't have to worry about it. How about that? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so the other question that Tommy had was about the Todd Bowles thing. Okay. The, uh, you know, and that's again, I don't know where to go with this because, you know, like the question was ridiculous at the time when the reporter asked Todd Bowles about, you're going to Detroit. How are you going to prepare it for the hilarious. weather? That it, was kind of thing. it was just, it was yeah. just as funny as can be. And I think it turned out it was, you know, like she was a fill in, you know, like sent to kind of cover something. Oh, and I okay. think trying to come up with a question. And that's the best question. Better just to, they could come up with just, yes. to, you know, it, it yeah, just better better to keep your mouth shut and keep them wondering than uh, open your mouth and let them all know. That's like, right. That's, I thought Todd Bowles handled it very well. You know, like he let her finish the question and everything. Yeah, and like, he just kind of had a little grin on his face. He's like, "You do know we're playing in in a dome, right?" And we all knew where that question was going, and and he sat there and he let her finish it and everything. I, I give him a lot of credit for not just be like, "Hey, just stop." Right. Exactly. Anthony wants to know if you had to choose between Sam or Riley, who would you have chosen for 2023? Riley would be mine due to the, the athleticism, and he would have had two years of eligibility. Yeah, I could see that. Um, you answer this one for a second, man. This is tough for me because Leonard was definitely coming off his best season. You know, like the basically his only, you know, he had his first, what, his first uh, year there, I guess. It was kind of up and down. He really blossomed in 2022. I guess the question was going to be, what did, you know, because Tyler Buckner was the offensive coordinator, what did Tyler Buckner value in his quarterback? Did he want a dual threat type guy? Like to me, I think Riley Leonard probably would have made sense because the succession plan would have been you go from Riley Leonard, 
who is in the same kind of mold as Tyler Buckner. Right. And so, you know, you, you sort of pass the baton from Leonard to Buckner in that yeah. case, you know, the other, yep. the other, you know, the other cases you did have the ACC's winning as quarterback with, you know, all the touchdown passes and all that stuff with Sam Hartman. But if they both would have been available at the same time, based on like, if that's, if that's sort of the model that Tommy Reese was seeing for his offense, I think it would have made more sense to go after a guy like Leonard because he would, again, like Tyler Buckner would have been the next guy in line, assuming Tyler Buckner was going to stay around and, you know, be the quarterback this year. And it would have been interesting if Riley Leonard was available at the time too. Yeah. If they had to choose, you know, between the two of them. Um, because I think you're right. I think the succession plan would have made more sense. Uh, <clears throat> and I also think at the end of the day, the Riley Leonard mold is more along the lines of what Jared Parker wanted as well. Mm -hmm. And he ended up being the offense coordinator in 23. <clears throat> so that would have made more sense for the entire season, as opposed to, you know, Sam Hartman and what he was able to bring to the table. But look, Sam Hartman's still a good quarterback. I just... From a successions plan standpoint, I think Riley Leonard also potentially having him for two years. I think that that makes a huge difference. <laughs> makes a huge difference. So I, I would have probably done that as well. DK says Vince is dying and Sean just continues the show. I mean, that's how yeah. you do it, man. Yeah. You just got to keep rolling. You know? Keep going, there's, baby. There's You can't break. You can't, you know, you can't break. <clears throat> Vince said, you answer the question while I sit here yep. and die, basically, yes. is what he said. Yeah. And so we knew, you know. If he would have been turning purple or something, my phone is right here. You know, right. I would have called 911 for him. But. It's all good. My wife's upstairs. She might have helped me out. So it's all good. That's right. It's all good. Now, I guess the other side of that, though, like David says, the two years of eligibility wouldn't have been as big a deal because Riley would be getting a different OC for 2024. Like in hindsight, you know that. But that does kind of, you know, as I think about my own answer, the fact that Riley Leonard would have had two years available that potentially affects that Tyler Buckner, you know, sort of transition anyway. So would you have wanted Riley Leonard for two years? Right. Thing? You know, that sure. kind of a question as well, but I, I think that, I think you probably go, you, you probably ride with Riley Leonard in either case, yeah. but you know, but like to David Jones point again, you don't, you know, you didn't know <laughs> that you didn't know you were going to lose, Tommy Reese, sure. when you got the commitment from Sam Hartman, you didn't know you were going to lose Jared Parker less than a year later to become a head coach after he took over either. Right. So, so right. like to David Jones point, I mean, it's basically, you, you know, you don't, you didn't have the benefit of knowing any of that was going to happen before you took any of these guys on. Sure. Sure. And, and uh, bear down says a big year from Riley. He's a first round prospect. Sam was never going to be that. He's absolutely, yeah. he's absolutely right about that. If, if if and that's the other thing, if Riley Leonard doesn't get hurt in 23, he's probably in the draft right now. He's not right. even available as a transfer. So obviously this is a hypothetical scenario, but he can work his way right back up to the top of the draft or, you know, a top three quarterback in the draft, which we can all assume is going to be a top 12 pick, you know, in next year's draft. I mean, Sam Hartman was never going to be that ever. So yeah, I mean he he's got the bigger the bigger qualities, right? He's got the better quarterback qualities that you're looking for. Yes. DK, what do we think of Reese as a tight end coach for Cleveland? 
we kind of talked about this a little bit. I mean, we all, I think, can surmise that Tommy Reese eventually wanted to be in the NFL. He's going to have some passing game coordinator type responsibilities, which I think is something that he wants. So it's not just a straight tight end coach. He's going to have some passing game, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think that could parlay itself into an offensive coordinator job sooner than later. So this isn't the step down that I think a lot of people are perceiving it to be. I really don't. I, I think this is, he's, you know, where do, where do you go in the college game after being the OC at well, that's the thing. Alabama? I realize he's going from being a coordinator to a position coach, but that kind of stuff happens all the time. He could all very easily go from being an NFL position coach back to being a college coordinator like that. Instantly. You know, it's like, yeah. it is right. I, I realize if you are exclusively a college football fan or, you know, almost exclusively a college football fan, you might see this as a step down, but it's not nearly as big a no. step down as a lot of people would think. Now, I mean, you were at an elite program like Alabama and you were at an elite program like Notre Dame before that, two of the highest profile college programs in the country. But we've 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 pretty much known for a few years Tommy Reese's ultimate goal from the minute, yeah. you know, that, that we were talking to him. I think it was, you know, in the summer, like three, four years ago, whenever it was when he, you know, sat there and he talked about watching every play of every NFL game from like the season before. In right. the offseason, it was obvious that NFL was his goal. So if being if 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 the ultimate goal is to become an NFL head coach, he had to make the transition to the NFL at right. some point. He's still going to get a pretty good paycheck because he's an NFL position coach. Oh, yeah. And and within a couple of years, you could easily see him being, you know, an NFL offensive coordinator someplace because things change very quickly as you know, just look yeah. at all the openings this off season and, you know, ones that we wouldn't have expected, you know, so it's, it's, it's not a step down. And it's, I, I think that you can, you can make a case. Now, obviously if Nick Saban had stuck around for a couple more years and Tommy Reese had stuck around for a couple more years and they're in the playoffs in that time, then, you know, making the leap to becoming an NFL coordinator Right. becomes a little bit more direct but i think that you know with the way it happened this right. is this is maybe not quite lateral but it's not that far down yeah, from lateral i think bad. as a lot of people think yeah it's not that bad i mean we're we're also hearing his name connected to tennessee and you know obviously his name's connected to, to cleveland i mean Tommy reese isn't hurting for a job and he is whether people think it or not he is well respected in the ranks of the nfl and so you know, just being like, and as far as what his actual position is, as he said, uh, DK says, I wasn't implying a step down, just asking about him as a tight ends coach. No, I know. And I didn't say you that know, you were it, DK, but yeah. other people have kind of made that. It doesn't matter what position you coach. Um, if you coach offense, you can coach pretty much any position. Obviously, O-line is very unique, uh, but he can coach tight ends easily. You know, he can coach running backs. He can coach wide receivers, quarterbacks. All of it. Like, I mean, he's been an offensive coordinator yeah, for what right. five years now at this yeah. point. Is that what it is? Like, I think so. if you can run the whole offense, you can coach one of the positions, <laughs> you know? Right. And it's just, it's, I think it's going to give him a great opportunity to, to, you know, he's, he had that job that I think he was, was it considered an internship, whatever, or an analyst with the Chargers right. before he came back, you know? And so this gets him back into the NFL. It's a full time, you know, position coach 
job and and he's going to have an opportunity to be there involved in in the running of the offense. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity for him to to get to where you know his goal is. Um DK said I'm not sure he can coach quarterbacks. Well, Well, it's coaching quarterback. I still, I still say, like, if you look at Jalen Milrow and the fact that Alabama yeah. got to the playoff with Jalen Milrow, I think that there's a really good case that Tommy Reese can coach quarterbacks. I think that that's yeah, actually a go. very feather in his cap. Right. I, the times I saw Jalen Milrow this year, including in the playoff, I was not impressed with that guy at all. Right. And they made it to the playoffs. So, agreed. JLG, where's Al Golden? Not seeing him on this week's recruiting trail. Hoping he's not headed to the Titans. Well, I have no idea where he is because I don't know much we don't, about we where. Don't have the trackers on? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know where Al Golden is. Um, but I, you know, relax. Why? Why do people get worried about news that it isn't even news? Like, just take a breath. Well, if he was interviewing someplace, you'd know it. Every time somebody gets an interview in the NFL, <laughs> well, the know, head coaches anyway. Like, I mean, <laughs> like you would know it, okay? Well, and and the way Notre Dame is covered, somebody in the Notre Dame beat would figure it out, and it would be everywhere. Yeah, okay. You would know if Al Golden was interviewing to be a defensive coordinator someplace. Period. End of discussion. So, it just don't get all worked up about something that hasn't happened yet. Relax. Robert says Tommy Reese not. He was surrounded by great talent at Alabama. Well, okay. Not in the quarterback room, he wasn't. Not the quarterbacks, though. That was some of the worst quarterback play that they've literally had in probably, what, a decade? Something like that? Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of talent at Alabama. Nobody's doubting that. But the quarterback is still a big part of <laughs> success or failure. And, you know, they won. They beat Georgia with Jalen Milrow as the quarterback. Yeah, they had the other talent out there as well, but they and they also didn't have, especially the you know the wide receivers. Like you're not hearing Alabama guy, you know, wide receivers names in the first round. You know they're going to be drafted in the first round, like you have the last few years. Go down the list of all those guys who were first round draft picks. Jalen Milrow didn't have that kind of talent around him. You know right. he didn't have Jameer Gibbs anymore. He was lighting it up for the Lions. This year, now, that's a running back. Obviously, I'm not saying he was a wide receiver. I'm just saying he didn't have, you know, they're like, yeah, there, there was. I mean, and look at the freaking, you know, they had, you know, the the center was an issue all year. Like, it's amazing to me that a that a Nick Saban coach team had that kind of issue all season, and it never got resolved. And they got to the college football playoff semifinals yeah. and nearly beat the team that ended up winning the national championship. This is true. Well. This is true. Salty wants to know, with Harbaugh's move to the Chargers imminent and pending sanctions, should the Irish recruit Hinton as an offensive tackle? I think if there's going to be a mass exodus at Michigan, you look at whoever's leaving and you see if they're yeah. going to fit on your roster. I mean, yeah. I, you can you can, you can can put whoever, whatever name you want in that blank, and I think the answer is yes. You should look at it to see if they'd be a fit at Notre Dame. Is that somebody that you need? 100%. Why would you not try to take every opportunity to make your team better, make your roster better? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'd be looking at every Alabama player who <clears throat> entered the transfer yes. portal as Why well. Would you not? You know, like the, you know, those guys have that 30-day window where they can enter the portal if your coach leaves. And yep. 
you're talking about the national championship team and you're talking about like I would absolutely be on anyone from you know not not anyone but I would be looking at both of those rosters and looking at my needs and saying what do we need to do you know and the the Michigan offensive line was really good yeah and so you're telling me that he couldn't make the Notre Dame offensive line better yes he could so you absolutely take a run at him if that's a possibility and that's still that's still I think that offensive line a tackle specifically is an area when the spring like they'll find out in the spring this is sure. this is like spring practice they're going to have a great opportunity to look at at a lot of different guys out there on the offensive line and they'll they'll have a much different feel for just exactly how comfortable they are with what they've got and if they need to go out and still get a tackle because absolutely i do believe that entering this first portal window tackle you know was an area that they were looking at they obviously weren't able to get one now but again there is another spring window after the spring so i think that that's something they'll look at if they feel like they need to absolutely and again you always especially this day and age you always have to be evaluating your roster evaluating and reevaluating your roster that's why a lot of these college football teams have directors of player personnel on their staffs I mean, because they're constantly having to look at the roster and deciding, okay, do we need to get better here? Do we need to get better here? Okay, what's available? (laughs) Excuse me, what's available out there so that we can get better in these various spots? Or maybe we didn't think we needed to get better here, but this guy's available and it will make us better. It's just a constant year-round situation that they have to be, you know, cognizant of. It's not it's not the old days, man. It is not the old days where they didn't even worry about recruiting until after the season was over and they had their end of the year banquet. And mm-hmm. those are the guys that pretty much signed at Notre Dame. Like that, that it's just, this is a massively different scenario now. This is a year round situation. Correct. So Andrew has a couple follow ups. On the Milro, yes. he says. He says Milro gets criticized unfairly. When he was used properly, he was really good. Reese tried to bench him for Buckner. Well, now that was at the beginning of the year when he was not playing well. So He's I mean, terribly. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason they went with you know they played three quarterbacks at the start of the year. And then he said, "Are you judging him based on the Michigan game? Look at what Michigan did to Penix. No, not judging him solely on the Michigan game. He was." an up and down quarterback all year, you know, like, are you going to tell me that he played great in the Alabama game? He made a couple of plays in the Alabama game. Now I get it when you're a quarterback, just like Brock Purdy last week, if, you know, if I want to use Brock Purdy, another criticized quarterback in you know, in some, some different areas, like he was not great throughout the game, but he was really good in, in the final drive when the 49ers needed, you know, to get points, he got them the points, and they won the game. He was not Milrow was not great against Auburn. He made a couple of plays and he basically made a miracle throw. <laughs> you know, but like you can you can make the case that that um nobody from the Auburn staff should have been able to make uh you know that trip out of the locker room after that, the way they tried to defend that final play with you know, what would they rush like two guys or something like that? And they just you know tried to drop everybody into coverage and Milrow made one throw. Give him credit for making that one throw, but it's still a miracle throw to me. And like, look at how the dominoes would have fallen different differently in the playoff 
if uh, that fourth down pass doesn't end up being a touchdown. He was an up and down quarterback. He did get better throughout the course of the year, you know, and, you know, to the point about talent, you can say that because they were so talented and so well coached, they still had Nick Saban for exactly. crying out loud. This was supposed to be the worst Saban year in forever. And they, they still won 11 games and then beat Georgia in the conference championship game and, and got to the playoff. I just, right. Right. There's Jalen Milrow is is not even close to the best quarterback that they've had in the no. last 10 years. Like you, yeah, you no. know, like Mac Jones was a better quarterback. Now you can definitely say Mac Jones had better talent. You know, again, like if you look at the skill talent around him, I'm not throwing Jalen Milrow out. Like he still has a good chance to get better next year. You know, he's coming back next year. I, I just he was not a great quarterback this year, though. Right. I mean, look, and and there are plenty of you know teams across the country that would have taken what Jalen Milrow did, you know. I mean, Andrew Gilmore has his stats right here. We can throw them up: twenty-three touchdowns, six interceptions, twelve on the ground. That's and Tommy total. Reese coached him as well, right? Exactly. Because you, because had, you want to criticize Tommy be Reese ways. for being a bad, yeah. Like, right. he, well, Tommy Reese can't coach. Like, <clears throat> this is part of my point. Like, Milrow had his deficiencies, but he was still able to do this. You know, so like, are you going to? completely praise Jalen Milrow for what he did. Or are you going to bash Tommy Reese because it wasn't good enough? Right. Like, which right. is it? It can't be both. I'm giving I mean, credit to Tommy Reese yeah. for really basically helping Jalen Milrow accomplish that. Right. And I think he's got a chance to continue to get better next year. I mean, because now you've got the staff that was coaching Michael Penix up there in Washington coming down. To yeah. Coach him, so good point. Good point. Okay. I'm not going to continue to argue about, Milrow, but I get your point, Andrew. You're 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 dug in. You're all in on Milrow. I'm not. <laughs> you know, Brees wanted to bench him, but he didn't. The team revolted. The team revolted. Sorry, the, the, the coaches don't make decisions based on what the team wants. This is just not the case. That's not how it works. And if it is, then you think he, Nick Saban? You think Nick Saban right. was going to let that happen? Like <clears throat> Nick Saban is going to kowtow to to the will right. of the team? It's not a democracy. A Nick Saban coach team is not a democracy. I guarantee Correct. you that. Yes, and I, I guarantee you at Alabama in year seventeen of Nick Saban, the inmates aren't running the asylum. Okay, so you can't tell me that Nick Saban gave in to team pressure. I, you can tell me it's well documented all you want. I will disagree with that vehemently. That that was not what took place. Right. Sloppy Joe, if you want to give Reese blame for the Bama losses, you got to give him credit for helping with the wins. Yeah. I mean, Reese gave Bama defense a 20 to 13 lead in the final minute versus Michigan. And that's a completely fair point as well. You know, you can talk about that last play, another bad snap, by the way. And right. Milrow had to take, like, I'm not blaming Milrow or Reese. Like, I blame that last play more on the fact that it started with a horrible snap. Right. Something that had been going on, you know, that that, that was really costly to Alabama throughout that game. I, I'm not like I'm not putting that loss on Milrow or Reese. I'm just saying no way. Jalen Milrow, not great, got better as the season went on. I'm not saying he's the reason that they lost to Michigan because Michigan ended up winning the national championship. Like I like that play specifically. I put more on the fact that it started with a horrible snap than anything else. Right. Agreed. Got another salty question. The Las Vegas oh Raiders have made Antonio Pierce their head coach, and Tom Talasco, 
who is the builder of the Manning era Colts as general manager. Were these the right moves? Well, you talk about the will of the team because apparently, well, yeah, you know, the players love, but, but, but the <clears throat> bottom line is they played better for Antonio Pierce when he became the sure. head coach, they played better for Antonio Pierce than they did for Josh McDaniels. Like I never thought Josh McDaniels was, was a head coach. He proved it the first time in Denver. And the fact that he got the job in Las Vegas was a little bit baffling to me. And they, they definitely played better for Pierce Pierce, New York giant linebacker, you know, part of that Eli team helped him win the Super Bowls. He was, he was one of those guys who like when you watched him play as as a fan of a team in the same division that had to play them twice a year and sometimes a third time losing to him in the playoffs <laughs> a couple of times like Pierce was was the kind of guy it's like it's like man that guy just like I, he he gets under my skin but he's the kind of guy that you would want on yeah. your team and yeah. you know apparently it went over well in the Raiders locker room Telasco I don't know. Well, like the general manager guys, you know, the, the the front office guys, it's always it's always hard to really peg, you know, unless you're able to kind of really sit down with them or you cover a team. Sure. You know what I mean? Like on a on a like you cover a team on a close basis, on a daily basis, so you can really get the feel of what that guy is about. Because you can say, well, you know, he was builder of the Manning era Colts. I mean. That was 20 yeah. plus years ago, by the way. Yeah. And I mean, Polian had something to do with that as well. So you think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they brought in somebody with a bunch of experience to mentor basically a head coach with no experience. That's basically what they did. You know, they didn't bring in a new GM, uh, you know, a new like young hip GM. They brought in a guy who's been around the block. Yeah. So that they tried to balance it out and they're trying to find a happy medium in there someplace. So, yeah. okay. Good luck. And and that is still an organization that even though Al Davis is gone, his son is running the show, and it is it's an organization that's run very much the same. Oh yeah, you know, in the Al Davis oh, yeah. mold, which is very, um, very much the same as the Dallas Cowboys mold. Sure. So there's there's always going to be a high level of owner involvement. Correct. Out there. So how much that matters? TBD. I right. Think. Right. Well, do we have any other questions, Vince? Not that I have noticed recently. Yes. USMA 87. This is basically. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess I could have just come out and said it much more succinctly. Davis is in charge. Correct. <laughs> you know? Absolutely correct. That's, that's the bottom line. It is what it is. Tommy, I might have been pegging a little <clears throat> bit as my, as my octaves went up a little bit in that whole Reese Milrow discussion but I'll, I'll try to back it down a little bit i'll back the microphone off no you don't have to back anything down buddy <laughs> stay right where you're at by the way vince blue gold game april 20th we i even saw mentioned that got I the announcement saw. today yeah i'm i'm uh always interested to see you know when they're gonna roll that out and how that's gonna go and all of that and it just always seems to be a giant letdown i, I always get excited for it and then it happens and it's like oh well I've seen practices that are more exciting than that. <laughs> right. It seems to happen every year. Get excited. Yeah, every year. But we'll see what but happens. I mean, there's this year. there's reason to be excited. You know, you got a new offensive coordinator. You'll have a new quarterback right out there. How much they you know, like it's gonna be on Peacock. Yeah. I don't, I, I, is it gonna be on Peacock Premium? Or is it gonna be like 
I don't know. I know it'll be on Peacock. I don't know. It is on level. Peacock for sure. I just don't know what level. Yeah, like you said. Yes. We'll find out. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.